0: So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. Michelle Wong here, and uh, my lovely guest for you today is Melissa Lucia, who is, I don't know where you're you're staying in, Melissa. Santa Fe. Santa Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, so Melissa is an artist, and her and I met through, sold us, which all of you who are listening, who are regular listeners, should not be surprised. (laughs) But um, I think Melissa's work is incredible, and uh, we are going to talk about creativity as our power. And um, I just love the work that you do, and I'm so excited for the audience the listeners to get to know you and your work because you have such a unique way of working with divination um and you make tarot not tarot oracle cards um but i just so respect your work so excited thank you thank
1: you and and yes we met through soul dust and i think I really remember at least at one of the camps where you came, and didn't you have twigs and things coming out of you you'd made some sort of sacred head adornment with twigs and things?
0: No, that wasn't me. That was another camper, um, Karen.
1: I could did you did you come with some head adornment because I I I associate you with some awesome head adornment. If you did it or not, you, you did
0: <laughs> I love it. I think it might have had feathers. I don't know, because we were ravens. So I might have had feathers of some type or um I don't know. I think Lola must have like face painted me. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lola,
1: Lola and that beautiful face
0: painting. So magic. Yeah. So um, but you know, us is such an amazing community that I just love that we get to be our creative selves and be okay with being weird or just you know expressing our creativity where if we're just going about day to day, it might feel a little awkward, but I have brought the face paint to my daily life and it's fun, so fun.
1: Well, and I think that to me, part of what's amazing about Soul Dust, and this ties into what we wanna talk about, is I actually think most people want more permission to play. They want more permission to be creative. They want more permission to skip along or be barefoot, or do some loud, kind of embarrassing, but in a charming way laugh, you know, or snort, or those sorts of things. I think that there's um, there's so much control that the general population, um, feel, I think they feel like they're caught up in, that, um, that a place like Soul Dust, where the expectation in a wonderful way, like a wonderful expectation, is that you will be interesting and strange or really who you are. Um, I think that's, that's invaluable at this time. And you know, the work that I do, any of the work that I do is trying to figure out how to get out of the way, how to have the ability to have those really natural instinctive impulses come through so that you have this sense of play and exploration in your life instead of just this adulting drudgery
0: right and uh, you know yeah so that definitely gives us the permission to uh just tap into our childhood inner you know our playful childhood self um and i know it's offered that for me because i i think you i think you read me pretty well like (laughs) i think you mentioned like I probably more type A but there's a side to me that is more playful and um cuz I'm more lighthearted but I you know I'm type A. <laughs> I like having control.
1: <laughs> well and,
0: and and absolutely
1: that this was on another call that you and I were on um the song lyric divination magic that we did and and you know i i actually i i'm i call myself a type a mystic so i mm. i have that type a side also so as i said i think we come into this lifetime with this combination of characteristics to have some sort of experiences that that i i i i'm a multiple lifetime person so that i think that we go around this wheel if you're lucky enough to get a body, um, you you come around many times and and you want to learn different things. And so this piece about um, I think sometimes getting uh, paradoxes, dualities, it's what makes it interesting. It's when two things that don't seem to go together slam together, but that 's when real innovation comes is things that you wouldn't think would go together, so like for yourself and, and I, i'm you know I, I see you because i 'm similar, um, that very playful innocence, just that huge beaming heart and that and that silliness and that mm-hmm. that wanting to connect and play, and then there's that other side that we have which has the um, the desire to try to control and drive and also I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So my um, expectations of a level of quality, a level of delivery um, are very, very high. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I think one of the funny things is, is living in New Mexico, um, there was this great bumper sticker that said carpe manana. So instead of of the, the seize the day, it sees tomorrow, which um, you know, in in, uh, in different cultures, there's really uh, different expectations, and and I think um, that's it's an interesting thing to balance. But the the upside to me to the um, I also call it mystics who get shit done is that there is this piece where there is that that visionary, playful, creative, innovative part which is what really brings, brings through the magic, but then also to produce things for you to edit these podcasts and ask people to be on them and to show up on time and, and all of these things to send me that list that I filled out before I have to admit my type A part was like, Oh, I like her list. (laughs) 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 Um, And, and so it's, I think that at least I've come to terms with the fact that I got this astonishingly visionary side, but I got the type A, so that I would write 400-page books, so I would produce decks, so that I would have a bunch of online courses, so that I would. I think that I think that people who want to work with creatives, some of them want that safety and that comfort of oh, she shows up on time. She answers my email usually the same day. Um, I think that there's kind of a comfort for some people too, but I've come to terms with the fact that I produce things and I like it. So that's the upside to the type. We we all know the downsides. (laughs) We don't need to talk about those. No.
0: (laughs) I love the upside that you just highlighted. Yeah. 'Cause it's true, there's safety in that and there's like a container where people can then show up and there's trust in that. Yeah. Exactly. And and I,
1: I part of me also looks at it as as um respect and professionalism. It's yeah. I'm I'm respecting my clients, I'm respecting the people who order my decks on Etsy by answering them and by when they're asking for something, I follow up. I, I think that there's Sometimes the people who are really creative, sometimes they don't have that follow through side in some ways. And I think it, 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 it's sometimes gives a difficult perspective on creatives like, well, they're kind of over in this own world and they can't interface with our world. And I think that there is, as I say, coming back around. I think the world is starving for magic. I mean, there's a reason that Harry Potter sold five billion copies. I mean, there's a reason for Lord of the Rings and there's a reason for Twilight and there's a reason for all of those magical, Buffy, (laughs) I mean, there's a reason for all of those things. Um, Black Panther, that people are starving for new myths Mm. and they want to know how to navigate now and some of the old myths don't make sense now, or they need to be woven together with myths that make sense now. And so I feel like that's part of what some of us who are type A and visionary are to do, are to help to frame things and help guide people to things that, a life in a world that's more authentic.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that perspective, and um, I, I want to dig deeper into like your journey and your work because um, because you do have that playful side, right? And like the last workshop that I attended was with you through Soul Dust. You did the virtual, like you were saying divination with lyrics and song. Is that what it's called? That was so fun. Like honestly, like um, like I saw it come through and I was like, Oh yeah, I think I can make it. And then I think it was literally like 20 minutes before the workshop. I like signed up and then I like got the emails to like, here's the, here's what you have to do before. I'm like, Oh God. Okay. I got to jump on this. And it was like the most fun. And I remember so listeners who, you know, don't know what we're talking about. So basically the workshop flow was, um, there were like a set of song lyrics from different songs that Melissa put together. And uh, and then there were 10 questions that were going to be answered through the workshop by cutting up all the lyrics. And then we were gonna move through song and dance, like dance through some of the music and with each question. And then after the song was over, we tap into that body and then into our body and then choose the lyrics. So we had to cut the lyrics up into strips and then choose the lyrics to answer the question. And, and choose
1: them blindly. You, you didn't, you didn't decide this was, this was dividend. These were oracles coming. Yes, through for
0: so you. instead of using Oracle cards, the, the lyrics was the Oracle and Oh my God, it was so fun. <laughs> and, and, you know,
1: there's deep play is something that's come through for me. And I think, I, I feel that in you too, is, is this depth and this, um, integrity and the sophistication along with the play and so it's one of those things where look it looks fun it looks goofy it's totally goofy and goofy is fantastic but it'll also nail you to the wall with the messages so I think yeah. that people are surprised they I, what I'm trying to do is merge back again the, the power I have a quote never underestimate the power of play and I think that people have really made these camps where play is not regular life they it's it's childlike in a bad way. Like play is not not adulting in the real world. And then we have to do all this stuff that we don't really want to do. Whereas I think they they need to be
0: together. Mm-hmm. I so agree because it's when we're playing where our mind relaxes and then inspiration and, and just different ideas come through. That's innovate like it's innovative, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. And I you know, I'm writing a book about wasting time and and the wasting time is being a little cheeky because you know our culture is is so obsessed with the bottom line and the objective but the wasting time revolutionary new rhythms for creatives and so you know part of that whole arc about this is what what new rhythms how how do we embrace and come into um more of receiving innovative ideas because it's a lot of it comes I believe in the muses. I believe that there is like this collective unconscious of energy and that some people turn on their Kmart blue light in the, in that realm and say, okay, I'm willing to be a creator. I'm willing to bring through things. I'm willing to not know. I'm willing to find follow signs and synchronicities. And so in that, um, that you become one of these people who's bringing through innovative things that you wouldn't think would come through. And, And a lot of that is from, the unconscious too, mm-hmm. but, but anything that's really, truly innovative, you, it, it never ever goes A to B. It yeah. is, it, it doesn't work that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just love that you're writing a book on wasting time. Cause remember during the virtual workshop, I was like, so triggered. Cause I got the thing about like wasting time. And I was like, what? And, uh, you're like, well, time is, you know, fluid really. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's that piece, too, about that that Jenny O'Dell
1: book that, that I totally feel like is, is in your wheelhouse. Jenny O'Dell wrote a book about how to do nothing. And it's really this critique of contemporary culture and how the, our attention economy is, where is our attention going and who's got our attention and what is their agenda? Yeah. And she, she really wants you, in some ways... She's one of the unplugged people. She wants you to unplug some, but she wants you to unplug then to focus on who's in your realm, like your neighbors and the plants and the birds and the gardens. And she wants you to reconnect in a different way. And and I think that that's really a huge deal is the attention economy is who's filling up your psychic space because you need psychic space to be innovative. So if it's, if you're going down the rabbit hole of Facebook, fair amount of the day you don't have space to do the other stuff somebody else has taken up space in your creative kingdom
0: yeah I I actually love that and I have that book on hold at the library um, because I want to dive in and it's true it sucks you social media just sucks you in so you got to put boundaries around it Um, but yeah Um, I want to hear how you got started with all of this
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay seven days from now honey um, okay we'll, we'll give you the cliffs notes yeah we'll give we'll give you the highlights um, so I'm a sixth generation uh, German and Scandinavian um, in my gene pool this lifetime and sixth generation from the Pacific Northwest and so I grew up in a family of professional artists in Seattle. And and so what's interesting about my upbringing is that my family expected me to be outside of the box. They mm. expected me to be creative. They, that my parents basically wanted another playmate. They were very, they got pregnant and they were very young. And so they took me into abandoned buildings, took pictures when I was an infant under a graffiti tunnel. This was in 1968. So my parents are super abandoned boats. I mean, and I have pictures of this. I have pictures of me as a toddler in abandoned buildings of me climbing up a a beached barge, so i uh, so i had this unbelievable um family for support now here's what's interesting is a lot of people are very creative also because they're very sensitive they have a lot of wounds that they don't um they take on a lot a lot of other people's issues or they have addictions because i think being really sensitive in this wounded world is difficult so my family is both astonishing they're astonishing as they are wounded and so, <laughs> There, there was, and you know, I give them great love. They, they there were so many lessons that they brought that I needed up across the boards. But so growing up with this expectation of innovation, every cell of my body makes stuff. Like I'm an artist. It's, it's like I don't even think of. I never had that arc of, oh, do I own it? I'm not an artist. I'm sorry, guys. I've never had that arc. I never ever did because it just, it just was, it was like a fish in the water. We just made stuff. We focused on beauty and art and design and that's what we did. Like that mm-hmm. was the template of my family. And so um, I really loved kids and I wanted, I was a nanny for years and years and years and I wanted kids, I wanted to be a mama so much. I just really, I wanted to give my kids this magical life and I, I could have I done it, it would have happened, but the universe decided that it had other plans. And so I had this wonderful husband, but I was really a wreck in Seattle. Seattle is, doesn't, isn't the right energy for me for a whole bunch of reasons. Partially old family stuff, lineage codes, wound, family wounds, also the mold and the dark mm-hmm. and the gray. Um, and also it just is, it's too hectic. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. And, and I think yeah. Seattle is beautiful. I mean, I wish I could live up there because honestly, 80% of my, my people are up in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. I can't live there, at least mm-hmm. not Western Washington. So, um, I was married. Um, we were trying to get pregnant. I was super skinny cause I was so anxious. Bodies that are super skinny. Don't want to get pregnant. Uh, <laughs> have a little more weight girls if you want babies. And, um, and then my husband um, came home one day, we'd been married seven years or something, and he told me I had cancer. And this was so out of left field. I mean, he was.
0: He said you know, had cancer? He had cancer. Okay. And
1: my husband was so much healthier than I was. You know, there's that whole new age idea that you attract your vibration, not always. Sometimes you are just gifted something that is so out of the realm of where you are. To help you grow, it's grace. It's straight-up grace. So my husband, we weren't even in the same solar system. I was in all of these pieces, and he was generally pretty healthy, and he knew how to love. You know, he had a few issues, but, you know, I'm the Grand Canyon of issues. And he's like this really sweet, reliable, loving, awesome, stable guy. Yeah. And Christopher. And so um, he ended up coming home and and telling me he had cancer, and and it it just – To this day, it'll probably be one of those things where it's like some part of your psyche has no way to even comprehend because it was so out of left field.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we ended up a year and a half later dying Mm. at 37. And we went to the underworld and back over and over again. Um, Cancer treatment is one of the most grisly things I've ever experienced. And out of that, for the first year, I wanted Scotty to beat me back up. I was like, I don't want to, I've never been suicidal, but there have been a fair amount of time where I'm like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm done with this game board. Can I just go back and be a spirit again? Like this, this is, this is too hard being sensitive in this world. And so for the first year, I just, I, as I said, I I was sick a lot. I was a wreck. I mean, Mm. I've been through a, a war. And at the year anniversary, I had my come to Jesus talk with myself, and it was basically out of honor for Chris, out of honor for my life, that I, I always knew that it was precious that I'd been given a life. And then even though I was pissed at, at God's spirit, whatever you want to call the, the, the bigger uh, cosmic thing being, um, even though I was pissed, it's like, I, I actually, I honor you even though I'm, I'm just epically angry. And so I decided to deal with my anxiety, my fear, and go live this life that I knew I was, could, could do, which was very creative, very adventuresome. So basically for seven years, I had the resources to not have a day job. And I traveled and explored, and that was how I got um, all of these synchronicities came together. And I followed five major dreams, and I moved to a horse ranch in Texas and then Santa Fe. And in all of that time, there was this body of two bodies of work, 70,000 images called the earthen body series and the painted body series, where the word selfie didn't exist when these started in 05, um, but it was, a, it was a witnessing of who I was and who I was as a woman aging. I feel like women have so much stuff about their looks in this culture that I wanted to see witness my power to myself, not anybody else's gaze and so out of these 70,000 images and these journeys and these explorations and moving to New Mexico, and um, I ended up making an oracle deck called the Oracle of Initiation, which has these photographs that look like petroglyphs coming alive off of cave walls. And they were done as selfies, um, but it was the opposite of self-absorption. It was literally me getting out of the way and becoming other. Mm. And doing these photos that are, are really I, f- I feel like they let me take pictures between the veils mm-hmm. um, and so that, that was re- just really all of that um, evolved me into the person that I always wanted to be mm-hmm. and it, it, it never would have happened without Chris dying so it's once again one of those classic paradoxes of the hardest thing the thing that looks like it's going to kill you if you can come out the other side and let go of the bitterness and the rage and the victimhood if you can figure out how to arc out the other side and find the beauty and the power in it you don't have to deny that it was it almost killed you i never deny that it almost killed me but i came out the other side and so i you know i make tools now i make art i vibrate in the world in a certain way because i had the courage and whatever it was the craziness to to really jump in and find this new life so mm. it's kind of the cliffs notes of and so i'm you know live in new mexico i'm i'm a frog you know like i said i spent 40 years in the pacific northwest i never thought i could live in the desert and it's i'm married to this land mm. new mexico was the great love of my life
0: mm. I have to say that the, your Oracle deck, the power of initiation, was that the name of it? Oracle, it of initiation. Oracle of initiation. Yeah. It's really powerful. The images are very, um, like some of them are like, Oh my God, like it takes my breath away because it's so, um, confronting. Yeah. Some of the images are very confronting. And I remember at camp, cause we were, I think it was like the last camp we were at, uh, the last workshop I took was with you and we went around just playing with different Oracle decks and just pulling out different cards and asking questions. Um, And the one I pulled was the Lakshmi one. And it was like, and you said this is the only one where I'm smiling. Uh Um, And I still have that one. It's on my fridge. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's Lakshmi, right? So I'm like all about abundance, but it was like, it's um i just so honor your process and your journey because i think to do that deck i can see how it was so healing and also like to be received as like a recipient like i so appreciate your journey and your process and that you're on the other side to tell the story Mm, thank you yeah thank you yeah um so how did like how did it come about with using song lyrics as a form of divination? And just, or did that just come? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: well, it does just come. It is a reality of it. Um, when it's, it's. I, I call courage. Like there's the courage bank account. That that part of how there's this great uh, quote. There's no online tutorial for being a badass. And so the the thing is that you have to keep showing up and pushing your edges and sometimes it can be, it can be small things. It doesn't all have to be insane, but, but you, you grow your courage. And so I also feel like it's, you grow your creative confidence that that's something. And, and before I did the Oracle deck that we just spoke of that took me six years mm-hmm. to do the whole project, to do the artwork, to do the 400 page book, you know, all of this it, it, to do the structure. Cause it was all um, totally designed during my process. That there's this piece about um, apprenticing to being a channel, apprenticing to being somebody who receives visionary ideas. So like I said, that Kmart Blue Light special, uh, wherever these ideas come from. You know, I feel like there's kind of this list. Like my dad would do a lot of um, public art installations, and so you would send in your application, and you know, you'd be in this database for the people who do you know big public art installations. I feel like there's that list up in the spirit world I
0: love it. I where love
1: there's it. this list of, okay, these pe- people are, are willing to, you know, show up and get out of the way mm-hmm. and really be dedicated to projects. And then I think like there's specialties, oh, like he's really good at doing the earth and body stuff and, and she, we hip hop into it. So, you know, like we've got this, this merging mixed tape of things. So I, I totally feel like there's a list. And, oh, and by the way, Plug for Elizabeth Gilbert. If nobody, if you haven't read Big Magic, uh, for decades, my Wasting Time book, when I first read um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, some, I was not ready then. I knew I wasn't sophisticated enough, but some part of my psyche went, oh, I'm going to write my own version of The Artist's Way at mm-hmm. some point. And then when Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert came out a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, gosh darn it. This is... This has so many elements of what I want to do for mine. So now I've got two things. Um, But so Elizabeth Gilbert talks a lot about apprenticing to the muses and loving what you do. So read big magic, like ground zero, read big magic. But, um, so this, so I I basically, I've been doing this, you know, it's my whole life, but particularly 30 years with the mysticism, my channels, I mean, sometimes they may be are I get tired. I think they're too open, but, I'm, I'm, I'm on that list and I'm highlighted on that list up in the spirit world. And so ideas come to me all the time. Mm -hmm. I I have no, you want me to design a workshop, give me a half an hour and it'll be done. Like I, I'm just, I'm the, idea, and that's, it has its issues because then you, you have too many good options. Like you Mm -hmm. have to decide, you can't do all of them. So the song lyric thing is just one of the five million things that's, that's filtered through me. And I, I teach a lot and I teach a lot online. I uh, talk at a lot of conferences I teach soul dust like you do all of those things. And so, um, but, but song lyrics, song lyrics are poems, you know, Mm. they're, they're mythical. They, they touch us in ways that are really incredible. And I'm a music fanatic and I have been since I was a kid. And so, to me, that that was this perfect merging of the energy and the power of these songs, and then the the poetry of the lyrics. And and I very specifically curated the lyrics that I gave us. You know, I cut pieces out of songs. Um, I'm very much a person about inclusion, diversity, um, unpacking colonialism, all those things. So there's always going to be a, a diverse range of perspectives that are mm-hmm. going to come through in these songs. But it's, this goes back again to never underestimate the power of play. Like this just seems kind of goofy, like, oh, we're playing with song lyrics. And then we like, we freak out because it's so accurate.
0: Yeah. I just like some of the things that I chose, I mean, very, actually a lot of them were, they had similar patterns in the answers, but like a lot of them would just hit a chord within me. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like, this is exactly what I wanted or needed to hear or read.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that's once again, like I say, everything that I do is to get out of the way of that controlling side to let the innovation. You know, like I, I feel like I'm kind um, of fencing with myself all the time. Of can we get out of the way? But but song lyrics, I, I once again, you know, there's a lot of ways. As I say, I apprentice to teaching other people how to do this because I'm so fascinated by how do we get out of all of our constrictions and I'm not good enough and I'm not an artist or my intuition is no good. Or, you know, I, I, I had this, this mate when I was young. And so clearly my radar's effed up or, you know, whatever, all of this, this negative sensitives and creatives tend to do a lot of negative self-talk. I'm not sure why we're so hard on her. I mean, I, I understand the type a part adds an element, the perfectionist, but pretty much every really sensitive empathic creative person that i know there's some arc that they're in of being kinder than to themselves and so you so this getting out of the way piece and like the song lyrics it just it seems it seems playful and kind of goofy you know like we're listening to the radio in the 70s but then it, it's it's like stealth transformation it sneaks in and it says to you what you need but that's another piece. I, I I ranted the other day to one of my dear friends about how angry and hurt I am about how the group of people that are that I I feel like I, I relate to the creatives, the sensitives, the empaths, the intuitives, the artists, that there is so much that the world is missing out on with us being terrified of being seen, terrified of being judged. And I think part of it, I talked about this in the song lyrics, but if you're an empath, you feel other people's impressions. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's doing some yucky judgment or some projection on you, you feel it in a, you don't just kind of go, oh, that was, that was a real creepy thing to say. You're being a, you're being a, a creep. You like feel the yuck. And, and, and so there's this arc I think of, getting a little tougher skin while still having our our hearts open to not take on other people's shit, not my shit. And so the rant was so angry about what the world is missing and what the world desperately needs from these people that I know who have enormous hearts, but can't hold their resonance to be seen. They can't hold their resonance to bring forth their projects because they they pick them apart they can't hold their resonance to stand up to other people's projections or envy that they're brilliant and they're bright and they're amazing i'm so as i say this is my this is my most recent rant from the heartbreak of my own tearing myself down in the past but you know i'm almost 52 it was about 40 when i really Everything started because my husband died when I was 33. So there still was a lot of unpacking and healing. And I was a mess around 40, like this critical mass started to come. And now the shame dumps, the self questioning, it's pretty rare. Good. Pretty rare, but it, you know, it took me 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what's, I mean, what's your thoughts on that about how creative we are, mm-hmm. but so many of us are terrified of sharing it?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. I really feel like the inner work is so important because um, I, I think about me and just like there's this deep yearning to be seen. Um, and sometimes when I am seen, I'm like shy about it. And so I have to say, like, it, it's personally, it's been different layers and, and soul dust has been definitely a, a major piece of it to allow me to be seen. Um, and then once we're, once we have that support, and just the, just the willingness to tap in and to grow. Um, like, once you have that, I feel like it builds. And so for there has to be a willingness for each person to realize that okay like there there needs to be that inner confidence that inner strength and the that inner leadership of um like i i understand what's happening within me and i want to like grow through it um and i love renée brown when she talks about the daring greatly how like no one's allowed to criticize you when they're not in the arena with you right so it's like being in like if they're not in it, in the dirt, getting like, you know, getting messy with you and they're sitting on the benches then their opinion doesn't count because I feel like as empaths, we have, we're so, um, the criticism and the judgment can be so like, what's that word? Crippling. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it has to come from like this internal, like there has to be like, yeah, that you're saying developing that thick skin but also having our heart open. So there needs to be a willingness on our end (laughs) Um, and wanting to be like, okay, like no more of this people pleasing. And then, and also understanding that it comes and it goes as we're growing through that. Um, And one of my coaches, she talks about like calibrating to a higher frequency. She talks about like energy and she says, if you're calibrating to other people's judgment, then you're, you're people pleasing and you're calibrating to their energy and it's not in alignment with who you actually are. So you have to be like, you have to be aware of that and always come back to you. I don't know if I answered your question, but it definitely like I, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause when I see it, it, it hurts me when I witness someone's being so hard on themselves and I'm like, oh my God, like you're just starting, you're just learning, like where did that, I have to be good now. And if I'm not good now, I'm not going to do it. Like, where did that come from? Because growing up, we learned how to walk by falling, you know? Right. So it hurts It hurts me when I see people be so down on themselves. Um, and, like, I always have to come and go, no, that's not true. <laughs> and it doesn't sink in because they are not at that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, it, you said a couple different things that I really heard. One was, you know, there there is that... There's the inner work, but then there's also people around you to, to witness you, support. Like in, yeah. like we were talking about soul dust and this this piece about we, we're not supposed to do this all alone. But you, I, my belief really is that the universe really wants to support us mm-hmm. in becoming the most authentic expression that we are. That that really that that we came in with these gifts. And that they're to be shared. And and it's not always that you write books, you have a podcast, you teach. Sometimes it's in your neighborhood. Sometimes it's with your grandma. Sometimes it's at your church. Sometimes it's at work. Um, But I think that there's this piece about being open to people who are more supportive and respectful to you. People who, and sometimes you do need to have people who are further along than you to emulate, to even see what it feels like, because I I feel like there's, you know, there's becoming more of a critical mass, but, but people who are vibrating with this sense of humility and compassion for themselves. And so I can, some ways I feel like that's where I've evolved to as a teacher is I will, I will laugh now about when I'm controlling, when I'm being, you know, thinking it, it, like it needs to be extra, extra, extra excellent or whatever. Um, you know, I laugh about it because I've gotten to that point where I'm I'm loving and compassionate to myself. And I go, oh, honey, there you go again. And one of my favorite teachers, Robert Ohoto, amazing astrologer, transformer, met him through Carolyn Mace. He was talking about, because he's a, he's a recovering perfectionist too, and he said, you know, also, you You might have been an 11 on a scale of one to 10 with your perfectionist. There's certain things, you know, like there's certain things that still bring up my perfectionist really intensely. But he said, you know, if you get down to a three or a four, you're golden. Like, don't become perfectionistic about being perfectionistic. (laughs) Like, if you get, if you're, if you get, and so I figure I'm like a three or a four most days. And then, as I say, certain arenas bring up insecurities in me and, and, competition and vulnerability so it you know it'll spike again but i i think that there is really you know there's this piece about finding the other people who mirror back to you and let you feel what it feels like to be with other people who aren't projecting and competitive and um narcissist because empaths also there's an a to b where empaths find narcissists and do the people pleasing vampire thing um so i think that that's a really important piece so this piece about what what's your pathway and what is the universe offering you right because i feel like the universe offers you opportunities over and over again and it it, you can't have an expectation of where it's going to go but if you feel a draw to something go do it because there's something there for you but it is a journey the self-love journey is is um, not unnegotiable it's non-negotiable but it's also
0: a journey it it takes some time Mm -hmm. it's definitely it's not an overnight thing for sure and there's layers there's all these layers Layers. for sure yeah there's um a book that a few years ago and it was recommended by elizabeth gilbert and i forgot the name of the book but it was like It was it was such a creative book. I don't know if you know of it, but it comes in like um, you know those college notebooks, like the what are those called? Like the black notebooks, and uh, they're kind of like black and white dots on the front. Yeah. And so it it came in a it comes like that, but it's a little bit more colorful. Um, And the whole purpose of the book, and it's a she's the person who wrote it or created it. She's a teacher, but she realized that uh, when she was teaching adults that they were, ha- they were having such a hard time um, like they oh I'm not good at this and they don't want to show their work and so she had this whole process because she's like oh my god like this is so beautiful what adults are creating they don't even see it um, so she had this whole process of like first you're going to start out like with a little ritual and you're going to draw a little circle and you're going to do like a little spiral and you to do it You have to try to make the spiral as close together as possible. But once the lines touch, oop! Like (laughs) that's it. You have to stop because, like, it's almost like you touch the water and the crocodile ate you. (laughs) (laughs) You touched the hot lava. Your foot touched the hot lava. Yeah, and it just helps you get into that, like, that focus and the mindset, but also the creativity piece. But I try to play with it, and it was such a fun book. Um, And she, her book showed examples of her students' work. Um yeah, it's really great I know, think okay now you are absolutely charged with with
1: finding the name for that
0: because I haven't heard of it and it sounds um, amazing. It is um gosh I think I was able to get it from the library but I loved it um Elizabeth Gilbert recommended it so probably have to go back to her like her feed <laughs> right
1: right yeah well, there is that search option on Elizabeth Gilbert's feed so
0: yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look for it. If I find it, I'll share it with you. Um, yeah, please. and, uh, I guess I'll put it in the show notes when I find it. <laughs> <laughs> please. I have to come back and keep checking. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, well, I that's should... a piece is that we're
1: resources for each other because once again, the attention economy, and if you're creating things, you know, it's like marketing is a whole nother two full-time jobs as well as the two full-time jobs of creating things. And so I find that like, I have some amazing friends on Instagram who do YouTube channels. They're tarot and Oracle people like Kasha from Tarot Maps and Nina from um, Shuffle Tarot, Hetien who does Walking with Mary. You know, these people who are doing these amazing, wonderful things and, and talking about decks and processes. I I'll catch up sometimes, but for the most part, I, like that space to, you, we can't find all of the good material because there's just not enough time in the day. So sometimes I feel like, then that's kind of, that's the, the linchpin or being a leader or one of the, you know, centers of the spoke is that I feel like part of my position as a teacher and a guide is also to bring forth these resources that other people might've missed or might really inform them. You know, I I do a tremendous amount of of resource sharing. And so I feel like, you know, you too, and with this podcast and all this yumminess, um, you know, now you've brought something into my sphere that I missed because, you know, I can't watch all of the circus feeds that exist (laughs) in the world.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, And I also like, you said something one time um, that I so like, I remembered it cause it was like, almost like, oh yeah, duh. And it was like how we need to be willing to pay for artists and creatives and their work and not like we all deserve to be paid well. Um, yeah. Because if you want to sustain this, if you like, otherwise it's going to be a very gray world, right? So like putting value to, like we should all be well-paid and not be shy about it. Right. Yeah. And
1: that, oh my gosh, that's, you know, you and I could talk for six days about this. You know, I feel like it's in some ways the artists and the metaphysical people, the, the woo-woo people, the mystics, um, there's, it's a similar to what some organized religion did, where it's the separation of, of spirit and earth. I feel like artists and, and mystical people, it's, mm-hmm. And and once again, I go back to the past life thing. I think there were lives where we were trained as mystics and monks and nuns and, you know, all those of all the traditions where you are to let go of your ego completely, money, status, any of those things, you know, you are a failure if, if that is in your value system. And so there's become, and then also indigenously, if you were the medicine person, the sangoma, the um, the shaman, the whatever of the tribe, they, they took care of you. They brought you chickens, and you know because you were busy, you were very busy. Well, guess what? If you are still doing those gifts for the collective, nobody's bringing a chicken to your door. It's, it hasn't. I've not received my chicken on my door. Yet. Um, I'm waiting. Um, you can get it at Whole Foods, but try not to have it be in the plastic, okay? So right. Paper. Um, so, uh, so there's this piece, though, I feel like there's this really ingrained, I think it's a combination is the fear of being seen because we've been killed in other lifetimes. So we're like, oh, I'm not letting the general culture know I'm psychic. They're going to take mm. me out or, you know, make me put me in a jail to be psychic for the government, which happens. Um, or, and, and so there's that, that fear. And then there's also just this ingrained shame that if you're a really good spiritual person, commerce doesn't come into it. Mm. Um, and so most of the people who have a metaphysical career, 98% of them have money from other places. They have money from a mate. Um, they, or they have another job, you know, that makes the money they've inherited money. Um, there's not that many people and there's those people on Instagram would say, you can make six figures in three months. Oh my I th- God. I think they're lying.
0: They are like, they're, they're my eyes are rolling.
1: They're lying. But, but I think also they're such good salespeople. They could sell shoe inserts and they'd be wealthy because, cause they're off, awesome. you know, they've got this charisma. They're, they've got, right. they've got the gift of gap. But so back to this thing about the money, the separation of money. I feel like that's part of what this breakdown in the culture is right now. Is what are what do we really value? What is a world without artists? What is a world without art and spirituality and devotion and all of these things? And that people can't continue to live in poverty and be disregarded. But part of this is larger structural issues like the colonialism and the racism and these things that are that are thwarting certain groups of people and then part of this gets back to and and do not hear this as i'm shaming and blaming you because i know some of you will because i've done it myself i'm just saying your part is to find that self-love and grow that confidence and that courage that's your part and then there's also structural things that we're changing but absolutely there's I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about <laughs> metaphysical and art artistic people undervaluing themselves yeah and so things like my products and things i know some people get triggered my oracle decks are not the most inexpensive decks out there i'm like i'm gonna get some and the thing is like my santos and signs decks and my madonnas and virgins decks where for my whole life but the past five years I've spent thousands and thousands of hours taking photos at cemeteries. Now I do it because I love it. I probably will never make a living wage, even with selling the decks at, mm-hmm. at $90 a piece
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it, it's, it's it, so, but we, we do that. That's an essential piece is this piece about how do we take away the shame from commerce or just decide that there's like a few people like Elizabeth Gilbert and Brene Brown and Deepak Chopra and Carolyn Mace who will like become the really prominent people. And then the rest of us shouldn't even do anything.
0: Right. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so good. I mean, I can talk to you for hours. (laughs) Oh, well, how can people learn more about you? I'm,
1: uh, being the type A mystic, I'm, I'm on social media. I, I really, I, I prefer, and I really like Instagram. Um, okay. my artist likes the, uh, the graphics, the curating mm-hmm. of things. Um, it's more pointed. Um, Facebook's gotten be a little bit too much of a rabbit hole for me in yeah. some ways and a little too much of the spinning out politics. I mm-hmm. just, I'm not going to go play there. Not my circus, not my monkeys in, in that way. I do my politics in my own way. Um, But so, Instagram, so, and my, you you have to go, you have to write down the spelling of my name. It was Tibetan numerology, it's auspicious. So, it's spelled really interestingly. It's got two L's and two S's and an AE. So, go figure out how to spell my name. But so, um, particularly Instagram, I love Instagram. Um, You can find my decks and my products and some of my classes on Etsy. and, uh, and I'm on Facebook sometimes absolutely, okay. but I think those are the, those are the, and I have a, just a overarching website, melissalucia.com.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I, I'm, you, I have, I have great SEO. You, you, you figure out how to spell my name right. I'm going to be you're up
0: there. I'm so, going to be 10 <laughs> pages deep. <laughs> so for listeners, it's M E L L I S S A E. And then Lucia L U C I A. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my mother named me melissa spelled the classic way too so so melissa's still in there somewhere
0: <laughs> i love it it's been such a delight thank you so much for being on and for sharing you
1: it's been amazing and keep me posted darling about how the song lyrics evolve for you because oh, i feel yes. like we also the group of us got some really important really deep messages um that are unpacking over time so Stay in touch because you're magic and I appreciate and adore
0: you. Thank you. All right, everybody. If this resonated with you, please share our episode. Find us on Instagram and tag us in your stories. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence but to help activate your inner leadership details in the show notes thank you for listening to the sacred emergence podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit until next time